since we're all standing, I'll just go ahead and read word. <clears throat> Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Everybody say, love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. Continuing on, 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. His son? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We are those that he foreknew. Like before the beginning of time, it said he knew you. He's plotted out, he's drawn the map for the footsteps of your life. The footsteps of a righteous man and woman are ordered of the Lord. For those who he foreknew, who he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, Jesus Christ, that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. What does that mean to us? That means that we're adopted into that family and Jesus is our older brother, our look up to, <laughs> filled with the Spirit, all God wrapped in the flesh, older brother of ours. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, those he also glorified. When I think justified, you know, justified through faith in believing in Jesus Christ makes, that ju makes it justified, never sinned. Those he also glorified. We're glorified, so he will be glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Father, again, we just give you thanks. We, th we thank you for your, for your divine, heavy, heavy presence that we got to feel and experience your touch this morning. We thank you. We bless you. We bless you. Let's just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I am still shaky. Man, I feel like I've just had a whole bunch of coffee or something. It's just like... Not speaking in tongues, just trying to get it together here. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. I just want us to know that, you know, when, when we walk in the Spirit, when we're filled with the Spirit, there are spiritual gifts that are available to each one of us. Everybody say, spiritual gifts. It's time to claim yours. They're available this morning. 
He was distributing those gifts as we had our hands raised this morning. I don't know if you were aware of that, but he was passing out gifts this morning. Say, get you a little song. Now in John 14, 19, 20, somewhere in there, Jesus says, those who love me, the Father will love, I will love, we will love, and I will manifest myself to them. So verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So what do we get spiritual gifts for? The profit of everyone around us. For to one, as we move on, for, verse 8, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of the heal, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. So what Spirit are all these delivered from? The same Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one distributing the gifts. The same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. As he wills. Paul instructs us to desire the greater gifts. We're to desire these gifts but they're distributed as he wills. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One and the same Spirit. I want to talk a, a, a little about these gifts that were given. Barb and I had a conversation. I don't know where she's gone. Oh, there she is, hiding under that hat back there. Uh, Barb and I were talking on the phone. I think it was yesterday morning or the day before I get... My days are all just about confused, running together right now. But we were talking the other morning, and she was talking about somebody that, that really has a gift. And it's like, oh my goodness, this individual has, is so gifted, and there's an anointing on that gift. And I said, like, yes, yes, yes. And we were talking about gifts, and as we were talking, I ended up having a quirky, funny little short vision as we were having this conversation, and I shared it with her, and she says, oh my, you need to share that. This is... This needs to be part of your next sermon. I said, oh, I'm not sure about that, but I really feel like as I was preparing this morning that it, that it was. And what I saw in this little short, short snapshot kind of vision that, that definitely was moving was a head. And we're going to end up talking quite a bit about, well, I don't have a lot of time, but we're going to be talking about a head, our mind. But there's a big head, a big head, and we've been talking about gifts. This is what this is about. So there's a big head, and there's these little tiny legs sticking out of this head, little stick legs. I just called them chicken legs when I was talking to Barb. I said, I see a big head with chicken legs sticking out of it. I says, and that head starts taking a few steps, and then it's like wandering all over the place, and it bumps his head over here, and then it bumps his head over here, and then it gets top-heavy and falls flat on its face, and and I said, Barbara, I really feel like Holy Spirit is saying it is really important that we end up having built our spiritual legs. You know what gives out first on an athlete? It's usually their legs. Their legs give out. When I remember watching uh, like them talking about 
Muhammad Ali, and they go, no, no, he'll never make a comeback. He doesn't have the legs for it anymore. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Why this, this thing with a great big gift, this, this massive, amazing, glistening gift, is staggering around all over the place, bumping his head here, bumping his head there, and then falling flat over on his face because those foundational spiritual legs have not yet been built and established. Not ready to carry that gift yet. Which then made me think of, you know, King David. We're just going to bounce to here just for a second. You know, when he was a kid, he was anointed as a kid to be the next king. Remember that story? Like, anointed as a kid. It's like, wow, how, how did that make him feel? This kid had to be a fairly big head and a, and a big ego. That's where your ego's at. It's in your mind and your head, right? Yeah? Okay, so I was thinking about, about David. Well, he had to wait about 20 years from the time that he was anointed, that he was chosen before he had the spiritual legs to end up carrying the anointing and the call that was on his life effectively. He was running, he was hiding in caves and stuff. God had to, to bring him up and develop, we'll just call that character. The spiritual legs are character that are required to carry the gift that we have to move us forward with the calling that's on our lives. All with me? All right. We have to develop spiritual character. When it's time for us to stand strong, we can stand strong. When we're given direction to move one way or another, we've got the legs to carry us. We, we have the character to do that. We're all with me? All right. I want to go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. And we will start with verse 1. Paul says, Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, I, Paul, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, to have a walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us, grace was given. What's grace? It's the unmerited favor of God in your life. Unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor of God in your life. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So we're given a grace, a favor on the gift that he puts in our life, but we have to end up establishing that character, him establishing that character through us, to have the spiritual legs to carry the gift that he's given us. We can have the grace, the, the favor on that gift, but we have to have the character 
to be able to produce fruit with it. Jump forward to verse 11. And he himself, he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. For what reason? The purpose of these gifts? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So what are the, what are the apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists for? The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying means building, building something up. It's building up the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of who? The knowledge of Jesus Christ and to the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We were predestined to be conformed into his image. We have these gifts, these spiritual gifts that I was reading before, and these five, the five-fold ministry, these five gifts that are given for the unity of faith, bringing all of us into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Are you all following this track with me? That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, staggering around, bumping your head here and there and falling right over on your face because you're not able to carry what, what he's given you and carried about with every wind of doctrine that we do not have the stability to stand strong when we hear another wind of doctrine. We can be blown around, thrown off course by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Jesus Christ." from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in... 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 Yes, in love. We had a... I want to talk just, just briefly about... This, and we're going to move on again. We're going to go into, into Galatians here just in a little bit. But I was, Dominic and Amanda had somebody really close to them that, that passed away, and, and I had the privilege of speaking in that, in that funeral. They asked me to bring the, you know, a word of encouragement and share a little bit about the Lord. Not too much. It's a funeral. It's a, it's a life celebration. And I was just thinking, as I heard them talk about this young man, a uh, 21-year-old, a 21-year-old kid with a four-month-old baby prematurely passed away. I mean, car accident, uh, he's gone. But they, what they were talking about, when everybody got up here with the open mic, they are talking about how this young man impacted their lives. All of them sharing how he impacted their lives. And I'm listening to this, and it's like, wow, this is, this is pretty amazing to think how one young man in 21 years impacted so many people's lives. I was like, wow, this, this, is, this is awesome. This is pretty amazing. And then I, I kind of made myself some notes and asked some questions of myself and thought, wow, here, here, 
Here's the answer to that. And it's like, what is it that people remember most? What is it that people remember about you? And what are they going to remember about me when I'm gone, when, when my time has expired? What is it that people will remember? It's like, you know what? I listened to what they're saying about this young kid, this young man who, who, who has just passed. And what they were all remembering and what they were sharing is how he made them feel. How he made them feel. You know, we, I'm going to read next about what, what fruits of the Spirit. We've talked about gifts of the Spirit that are, that are handed out. We're talking about building spiritual legs so we can stand strong, stand firm. I want to talk about next uh, fruits of the Spirit. And of the top three fruits of the Spirit, as, it's, as we begin the list, it's love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Now, we're starting out into 2021. It's almost hard to believe that it's already here. But we need to start out right, out on, on the right foot. Get this party started. You know, 2020 really was, was amazing. It was an amazing time from the church because so many things that could be shaken were shaken. A lot of people are drifted off and doing different things now. But there is definitely a remnant that has come together that is hanging on to the unshakable. Those things that can't be shaken. I think as, as we move into that, we, we examine ourselves and do I, when people are in my presence, do they feel loved? It's like, ah, I really hope that as I'm going along with my busy day, Sometimes my wife will have to squeeze my hand and remind me, did you see who that, what, did you say something? Did you give them a hug? Did you, it's like, well, I meant to, but I was thinking about, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a results-oriented person. When I get focused, it's like, uh, sometimes I have, oh, hey, how are you guys? You know, it's wonderful to have you and see you and bless you. It's really easy for me to forget that because I'm results-oriented. I, I can be really focused, tunnel-visioned, and just totally space something, but my wife is exactly the opposite. Sometimes, it, you know what, you're supposed to be up here with a microphone, not out hugging somebody in the foyer, my dear. Come, hurry up, get up here. Completely, we can be on completely different pages there. That's, that's part of the gifting. Her gift is to, man, when she, you're in her presence, you see her, she sees you, you know it, she's hugging on you, she's talking to you, she's listening to you, and I'm going, up here, get up here. It's like, zoned out. It's like, she not. So, it, <laughs> I even think, the other day here, a while back, I was at, in a really big hurry at Home Depot, and I, I don't, that's... Not one of my favorite places to go anyway. It's always crowded and stuff. And so I'm out there, and I've unloaded the stuff out of the, out of the cart, and I take a look at the, at the aisle right there, and it's like, yeah, I can make that. And the guy standing there watching me after I did that says, hey, Pastor Lynn. It's like, hey, hi. Hey, how are you doing? Man, it's good to see you. It's like... That's how oblivious I was to who was stand, even standing there. I just got, I got a mission. I got to get going. It's like, we have to take the time 
to look people in the eye, to shake their hands, to give them a hug, and to let them know that we know them, we see them, we recognize them, and they are known by God. If we're to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And what's the top of his list? Love, 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 love. We need to be able to love on people. And some of the people, when I think of Sharinda and her sister Christy, I met them. I think Sharinda was, I know she was still in college, and her sister Christy was just graduating from high school when we actually got to meet them. And they were the most fun people to be around. They're always smiling, always laughing. It was joy, joy, joy. Is that not right? Joy, 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 joy. It was just, just fun to be around, just lovely people to be around. Her dad was amazing too, Jim. Oh, he impacted my life in so many ways. The, <clears throat> the most intentional, loving, intentional man that I had ever been around. Everything that he did was like, it was intentional. It was intentional. He was living for eternity. He was raising his family for eternity and teaching everyone around him that this is what we live for, is eternity. But everything that he did and how he raised his children, all, all the, it's like amazing, amazing, amazing. I used to go every year on, on our anniversary for about five years because this was a guy that I so admired. I watched him leave He's like, just about hit the pinnacle of, he probably there's nothing he could have done more in the organization that he was a part of. He was like at the top. It's like, man, you have got it made. Amazing house, uh, big six-figure salary, I know. And he gave all of that up because the Lord called him to go start a work somewhere else. It's like, Jim, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm doing exactly what God has put on my heart to do. And that's go, go start a work. He started it, and we went there the first year that he started it. And, and we took some speakers from American Music that, that Don had. We delivered them down there, down there to him, and oh, they were so excited. And, and we drove uh, by the mailbox, and they got a check from somebody. It's like, oh, this is one of our first. This is like seed money. Somebody had given them just enough money to end up paying for those speakers. It was just like... Oh, my word, so, so, so cool. I watched him grow an amazing, incredible church that ministers to the Phoenix area there. And it's just like watching that everything he did was so intentional. And I just say, I want to live my life just a portion, with a portion of the intentionality that Jim Rome had. It's just like, oh, my goodness. Joy, 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 joy. He was... I mean, between their mom and their dad, it's, it's no wonder because he always had a big, warm, welcoming smile, a hug, a handshake, and, and uh, made you feel really special just to be in his presence. So the joy of the Lord not only is our strength, but it is one of the fruits of the Spirit that is supposed to be alive and well, and we should be seeing it. And a lot of times it's just, we need to be running around with a smile on <laughs> Expressing the joy of the Lord makes it a little bit more believable when you express it. But peace, peace, peace. Jesus, in so many situations that he stepped into, then he walked into, he says, I give you my peace. I give you my peace. 
I give you my peace. I give you my peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding is what I have for you. This is, this is not something that you can explain with human words or wisdom, but it's a, it's, it's a peace that passes understanding, and that's what I have for you, is that peace that you can step into. And that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. When we can walk around in that peace, and when we, you know, we're supposed to be at, we, not supposed to be, we are atmosphere changers. When we can step into a situation, we can do one of two things. We can bring anxiety and frustration into the situation, or we can bring his peace. And what are we called to do? Bring his peace. Bring his peace. So when we've been in somebody's presence, or somebody has been in our presence, they're experiencing some of the fruit that's produced in our lives by the Holy Spirit. And if we're not producing some of that fruit that people get to grab onto, some of the, of the quick, easy, easy grabbing, low-hanging fruit, we're missing the mark. Galatians. Galatians 5. I'm trying to kind of hit some high points, and I was hoping to be able to drill much deeper here, but I'm going to be running out of time. So we'll continue with high points. Galatians 5, starting with 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Everybody say liberty. liberty. And what's liberty? Liberty's freedom. Liberty, freedom, liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But man, if you go around biting and devouring one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And you get into it with somebody, you can just consume each other. So I say, then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. It's like, in our spirit we wish for something, in our flesh we can do something totally different. If you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Like, what in the world does that mean? If you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. For now, the works of the flesh are evident. It's like, you know what? You do not even have to be a Christian to determine what the works of the flesh are. They're evident. It's a no-brainer. You can look at somebody's life. You're not seeing these. We're going to go into the... Into the uh, the fruit of the Spirit here just in a second. But the works of the flesh are really evident. That's adultery. Adultery is someone who's married having sex with somebody. Fornication is having sex when you're not married. Uncleanness, licentiousness, this, this whole list of things. You, you can read this list. Envy, drunkenness, murders, revelries. 
This list right here, you could go study it. You can look it up. You can look all of these words up. This is determined. You can see the works of the flesh. Like I said, you don't, you don't have to be a Christian to figure out what the works of the flesh is when we learn what the flesh is. But we want to talk right now about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. We have long-suffering in this, but patience. Patience is created through long-suffering. So long-suffering is a pretty good word right there. So how are we building our spiritual legs? <laughs> peace, long-suffering, kindness. We're supposed to be nice. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Everybody say gentleness. And self-control. Against these things, there is no law. We're fulfilling, we're producing the fruit of the Spirit by doing these things. So we've talked about not doing or doing. It's not, this is not about law. This is about doing the things that are producing the fruit that is representation of the Spirit working in our lives. Those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires crucified the flesh. I really want to take time to get into this crucified the flesh, but I probably better give you a really condensed, oh, Holy Spirit, I need some help here. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. How do we walk with these spiritual legs that are being built and created? By the character that's being established in us through the, the, the Holy Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. It's like, that's why Jesus sent all, everybody out in twos. That's why the Mormons send everybody out in twos. That's why it's such a good idea to go out and minister in pairs because you're not going to be drug into something. Yeah, you, you <laughs> bear one so that you won't be tempted. Gentleness, considering yourself less you also be tempted. It's like, take somebody with you. I just say, take somebody with you. Lean to your neighbor and say, take somebody with you. It's kind of dangerous to go try to straighten somebody out by yourself. You might get hit in the eye. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. So we, we examine ourselves. I was, I was even thinking one time... I, I was a young Christian, and I was, uh, I'd gone off to Salt Lake to be, I've shared a little bit of some of, some of my stuff, messed around with drugs a little bit and all, and, and uh, I was at Salt Lake at a school, a f uh, five-day school, and I had a roommate there at this, at this school. I was just learning more about, about the business to be certified for a specific brand, and, and one evening, you know, we're out of school. There's eight or nine hours of school, and then you're out. It's dinner time. You have dinner together, and then everybody goes out. And I was running around with one of the guys that I, I roomed with, and, 
And uh, I think we had his car, but he said, why don't you drive? And we drive. So we're driving around for just a little bit. And then I, it's like, I see him pull, he, he pulled out a joint, fired up, and he started smoking pot as we're driving around. And it's like, I'm talking about 1975 or so, and you could really get in big trouble for that sort of thing. And my, my thought is, well, he's doing it. It has nothing to do with me. So I'll just drive and let him, let him go. But that was one of my, not one of my, that was my favorite thing to do. So this was like a crazy temptation for me. So I, and it's kind of cool outside, so we're not running around with the windows down. And I just, I, I will never forget this. It's like, instead of saying, hey, well, you know what, let me out. I, I got to get out of here. And, you know, slam the door on that, run away from that temptation. It's like, He's doing it. He offers me, and no, 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 nope, nope, nope. I quit that like two, three years ago. I'm, I'm a married man now. I, nope, 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 nope. I'm serving Jesus. Nope. But I found myself in that situation. I didn't have anybody else with me. It's me and him. That and the windows are up in the car. So it's like, Oh, Lord, forgive me. You know, it's, but it's one of those things that if you get too close to the fire, you can be thinking that you're there to help somebody, that you're ready to help somebody, and you can be drawn into that thing. It would not. I had no intention of being there. I had no intention of doing that. I didn't know he was going to, you know, drag one out and fire it up. I had no idea. But what did I do? I didn't correct him. I didn't say, you know what, nope, 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 get me back to the room or drive myself back to the room and get out of the car. So I found myself, <sighs> you know, and we can end up having a justification saying, well, it wasn't mine. I didn't, do it. If, if the cops would have been involved, that's surely what I would have been trying to say. It wasn't mine, but the door or the windows are up, you know. We just have to be careful and guard our guardrails or we can find ourselves falling into the temptation that we're trying to help deliver somebody else from. Yeah. Okay. Galatians 5. Um. We pretty well finished with that, I think. So we will now move to Romans 8. In Romans 8, I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm going to read just a little bit and talk a little bit more. Then we're going to be out of here. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You say, no condemnation. Now what does the Spirit do in our life? It convicts us of sin. It corrects us. It shows us what direction that we need to go but does not condemn us. Everybody got that? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
It's like, no. I got a question right here that I... that I will save for another day. Only got about five minutes left here. And that's by going three minutes over. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Now we've talked about flesh, 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 flesh. I just want to take a few minutes to explain flesh. Spirit, the Spirit of God that lives in us, the Spirit of man, our spirit, we were born into sinful flesh. Because of Adam and Eve in the garden, they handed over their authority to the enemy, to the devil. He then has authority over them through sin because they sinned. So they were condemned in that sin. There was condemnation in there. And there had to be a sacrifice to bring us back into right standing with God. And it had to be the sacrifice of flesh and blood. Jesus was the, the, the consummate, the perfection. He was the Godhead in, he was, yeah, the Godhead in bodily form. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all wrapped up in one. That's who Jesus was. If you've, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He was led by the Spirit. He was a man who walked in flesh with a soul, with a brain, with all the temptations that we have had. Right? All the temptations that we've experienced. Jesus went through. And that was his flesh. Temptations come in the form of thoughts. Then we, we, we take those thoughts and we do one of two things with them. We either take them captive, flush them, get rid of them, or we take them into our hearts. We ponder them. You know, when, uh, when the angel spoke to Mary and, and, and when the shepherds came to Mary, she heard these things and it says she pondered them in her heart. It's like, if we hang on to a thought long enough, if we pursue that thought long enough, we begin to ponder it in our heart. It goes beyond here, where we can filter things, take them captive, sort them out, trash can them, or we can take them into our heart and ponder them. Once a thought, which temptation comes in the forms of thoughts, is something that we begin, to, we begin to ponder in our heart. Jesus said, if you even think about, consider doing this, look, with the, look at a woman with lust in your heart, it's as if you have committed adultery. So if we take these things into our heart, as Mary did when she heard what the shepherd said and what the angel said, pondered these things in her heart. We have to be so careful what, what we take from here to here and ponder in our heart can lead to extreme sin in our lives. But if we're led by the Spirit, and if we're growing in the Spirit, that really isn't a concern. Because He's giving us direction. And if... And I wish I had a lot more time to... We're co-laborers with Christ. We say co-laborers. We're working with Him. 
You know, when, when you work with somebody and they're the new guy that comes on the job and you work hand in hand and if, if he or she's not jealous of you, they're looking for, for, for correction so they can do the job better, right? So you, you bring correction to them and, and, they, and they get better and better and better at their job. That's what, you know, Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our comforter. He's the one that brings correction in our lives. If we will submit to His will... He will bring that correction in our life because we're co-labors with Christ. If you want that correction in your life, all you have to do is submit. The Word says God resists the proud but gives grace, 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 favor, favor, favor to the humble. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Submit, submit, submit. The righteous requirement, I just want to go into this some more, though, this, the flesh. Jesus became, he was, he was wrapped in flesh. He came to destroy the works of the devil, and he came to be. He came to be, to, to take sin on his flesh. I want to just read this again. God did by sending his, uns, his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. It's like, in the likeness of sinful flesh, he became sin in his flesh for us. We got it? He became sin in his flesh for us. Perfect in spirit, in thought, perfection. But he became sin in his flesh for us. And what happened to his flesh? It was ripped. It was torn. It was it was beaten. It's like it bled. It was shredded. It was beaten. That, that, he just beat the sin right out of his flesh. It was hung on a cross to die for our sins. He condemned sin in the flesh. God condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, flesh, but according to the Spirit. I just want to. I just want to really highlight this. Jesus became sin. His flesh was ripped. His flesh was torn. His flesh was beaten. His flesh was mutilated. His flesh was hung on a cross, so we didn't have to end up paying the price for our sin. Our flesh was made clean clean was cleansed was saved through the sacrifice of his flesh so Jesus paid it all Jesus paid that price and then he shed his blood for cleansing for cleansing our bodies for saving us from sin, for our healing, our salvation. I was just, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the power in the blood of Jesus. And I was thinking, two more things that I wanted just, I was thinking, you know, the first bloodshed, the first blood that Jesus shed, when I think of the incredible temptation that he had to go through, 
I'm not talking about the temptation by the devil after, you know, he was taken after 40 days, taken in for 40 days after fasting and he was taken into the, you know, into the wilderness and tested by the devil. I think that was a piece of cake for Jesus. He had an angel along to, um, I don't think that was the, the big temptation. I think the biggest temptation that Jesus faced was in the Garden of Gethsemane where he was saying, Father, if there's any way possible if there's any way possible, if you would take this cup from me. If you would take this cup from me. It's where he had to set his mind on what he was about to accomplish in order to be able to fulfill what he was called to do. And, but, but it still got down to the point where actually it, it says in Luke, we don't really have time to go there, but that the sweats were falling as drops of blood. It's like he was sweating blood. He gave his first blood as he was making that decision in his mind that I will do it. He said, if there's any way that this cup could pass from me, Father, but regardless of whether this cup can pass or whether I have to drink of this cup, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Your will be done. And I believe that each one of us have this same kind of a decision in our lives to make. And as we go into, into 2021, it's like it's decision time. I feel like we're, we're, we're at a place in the world. We're at a place in the church where there is such a line that's been drawn. And which side of that line, which side of that line are you on? It's like, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I want to be led by your spirit. I want to submit to your will, <clears throat> to your spirit, because then, 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 it's not about the law or the law of sin and death. It's about being led and obedient to your spirit. You got a little bit more time or we... we there's a few years ago, Renee and I, I got a call from, from some of my relatives from a cousin and he was dying in... Uh, in Hawthorne, Nevada, he was about to pass away. Alcohol poisoning. He consumed too much, too, too, too much alcohol. His organs were shutting down. And he was about to die, and he wanted us to come, wanted me to come. Didn't really know me very well, but we went down there together to, to end up praying for him. And as we were headed down there, we went through, <laughs> through Jordan Valley, got ourselves a nice cream cone, and then we were taking off driving again at a five-speed in a truck, and we were driving, and I was, I was trying to, in a hurry to get down there, and the speed limit through Oregon, through that stretch on the other side of Jordan Valley was 55 and I was doing 73. 73 miles an hour and a 55 and a state cop came over a little rise. And it's like, oh, there's a warning right there. There's a cop. I put my brakes on really quick and his lights went on as he went that way past me. And it's like, oh boy. So I slowed down to 55 the rest of the way. And I mean the rest of the way, the rest of the way till he caught up with me. And, <clears throat> and I was thinking, you know, what, what, what did I do? What did I, I know what I did wrong. I'm thinking that I'm going to get a big ticket. And I realized as I'm looking at the speedometer, it's like 73 miles an hour and, and 55. It's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. This is big. And Oregon tickets are big, you know. 
So I was like, oh, great. So, and I also, I, like, I don't have my seatbelt on. We jumped in and I had an ice cream cone in my hand and I had a five speed, so I don't have my seatbelt on. So I was really quick to put my seatbelt on just in case. Well, this, the state policeman walks up there and he looks through the windshield, I mean, looks through my, my window and he, and he says, uh, you didn't have that seatbelt on when I passed you. If I'm doing 75, 73, and he's doing 55, we're going past each other like nearly 130 miles an hour. How did he know that? It's like, how did, how did, and I said, uh, any, any particular reason for that? He said, I said, you know, officer, you're absolutely right. I got an ice cream cone. I got a five-speed. I jumped in here. I just, I took off with my, I didn't have enough hands to do everything. It's like, Okay. He said, you know, I appreciate your honesty. I'm going to give you a warning. But he said, this is a big ticket. I can't remember, $130 or $150 for a ticket, no seatbelt ticket in Oregon, something like that. And I was like, oh, my goodness, thank you for not giving me that ticket. But do you mind if I ask you a question? I don't want to get myself in any more trouble, but what's the speed limit through here? He said, yeah, it's 55, and you were really pushing it. But he said, you know, I, I am, I'm, I'm the authority for this, basically what he's saying to me, I'm the authority for this stretch of the road through here, and, and I, I look at conditions of the road, and if you're not driving too fast for the road conditions, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you go. But he said, you are pushing it. You shouldn't be going that fast. He said, you should slow down. It's like, okay, <laughs> I will. And I did. I said I would, so I did. I slowed down, and the Lord brought that to me, back to me this morning, and He said, you know, <clears throat> it's not that there's anything wrong with the law. I said, remember this incident that you had? And I said, yeah. The law said 55, and I should have had a big fine and a big penalty to pay. Uh, that probably would have been another 150. I probably would have had over $300 worth of penalty to pay, and, and he just, he forgave me that. I was saying, but the law said 55, and I was doing 73, but he didn't really have a big problem with that because he was the authority on that section of the road, and he kind of let me know that. It's like, oh, oh, I get it. I get it. My perception of the obvious is sometimes downright uncanny. So, oh, I get it, Lord, I get it. If I'm going to subject myself to Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit, He is the authority in my life. It doesn't really matter what that road sign back there says. The Holy Spirit, see, it's like it was really about the mission. I was headed to do some of God's work. Now, that's a really lame excuse. I didn't try to use that excuse. But the Lord was just bringing this to my, to my attention this morning. It's like, Oh, oh, if I'm led by the Spirit, if I'm obedient in the Spirit, and the mission to accomplish was to see somebody saved for the Lord before his passed away, I was going too fast to go accomplish that. But as I was pondering this this morning, as I even heard, you know what? Jesus healed on the Sabbath. 
He wasn't a rule follower. He healed on the Sabbath. You know what else he did? He was walking through grain fields with the disciples and, and shredding some wheat so he could end up having a snack on the Sabbath. There were a lot of things that he was doing that were not according to the law, but he was fulfilling his purpose and the mission that God had for him. And I, I believe that there are authorities that are even placed in our life directed by the Holy Spirit. It's not all, we don't always just hear from Holy Spirit. We, we have that relationship with Him, but He will use people to speak into our lives and to teach us. Some, some of the greatest lessons is God bringing this back to me from 15 years ago or more, probably even more than that. It's like, oh, whoa, that's what was in that lesson. Oh. If I am led by your Spirit and obedient to do what you're calling me, showing me to do, and submitting my will to your will, you'll put people in my life to help me, to correct me, even like the cop. When we're working with somebody, we're working with somebody, and along the way, you made a little mistake. It's like, uh, uh, you should slow down just a little bit. Now, it would be better if I was just doing 55 miles an hour. It would be better, I think, one more, one more big object in that. The first thing he was looking at is what it would be to save your life, life safety. If your seatbelt is buckled, you're, you're, you're going to be safer. He was looking for life-saving aspect of it. And then secondary, yeah, it would be better if you slowed down. It's like Holy Spirit, we just... We want you in our lives. We want to submit, 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 submit our will to yours. Father, not my will be done, but your will be done in my life. I want to submit who I am. I want to submit what I am to your will. There's nothing more important to me than to be in your presence and to be in the center of your will. That's my greatest desire. If the prayer team would come up here, this is an opportunity for you. If, if, if you need further prayer, if you need healing in your life, we've got this amazing prayer team that wants to do what God's called them to do, to pray over you if you need that prayer. As we stand together, let's all stand together. and Father, I, I, I am so grateful, so grateful again for your presence. I'm just grateful for everything that you have done here today. I thank you for the worship and the opportunity that we had. I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for the words that you gave me to share. I pray that your anointing will be on those words, that they will impact and make a difference in somebody's life. And as we go out, that we can be that low-hanging fruit that will bless people with our lives by your Spirit. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We bless your mighty name. Jesus, Jesus, amen.